0: Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast, created for those currently going through our operator training course and for others who are interested in thinking about joining the organization in future years. In this podcast, we're going to be bringing you some highly successful operators, leaders and training specialists who are going to be revealing their tips, tools and some techniques to help you achieve peak levels of performance. Now sit back, take some notes and use these experiences as stepping stones for your personal success. This is the Insight Through Experience podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Insight Through Experience podcast, episode number eight. This week we have Connor W. Connor is a PJ. Connor just graduated OTC in May, and I really enjoyed this podcast. Uh, Connor doesn't sugarcoat a lot of things, kind of tells you exactly how he feels. It's fun for me talking to Connor because I think he has a polar opposite outlook on life when it comes to worry and anxiety. He's kind of more of a laid-back guy that um, kind of just takes things as they come, takes the challenges as they come, and then uh, when they're over, he doesn't dwell on them too much. But we will hear about one episode in Selection that he said still haunts him today, so... This is be a good podcast. I think a lot of folks out there will relate to it in the operational community and especially those guys coming up here in a few weeks for our October selection. We've got 32 coming and I'm just hoping that the guys can take advantage of the information that the operators and the specialists have provided on this podcast uh, so they can come up and show us the best version of them. All right, folks, sit back, maybe grab a cold drink, grab your notebook, take some notes and enjoy this episode number eight of Insight Through Experience podcast. Thanks for joining. Good afternoon.
1: Hey, how's it going? Hey, I
0: appreciate you doing this. B, um, it's good to have somebody with your experience here. Somebody who just recently came through, but also has some time outside of OTC. So again, appreciate you for being here. If you would, give us a brief summary of your life and your career up to this point. Uh, maybe start out with some of your background before you came in the military, why you joined the military, and uh, something about your previous unit.
1: Well, I guess we can start all the way back to where I was five because that will really lead into why I chose pararescue. Uh, I swam competitively for 14 years. Uh, It was in Chicago for the majority of it, but I lived all over. I've lived in... I was born in Missouri, lived in Kansas, Florida, Ohio, Chicago, Georgia, kind of all over the place. But I spent the majority of my growing up in high school in Chicago. uh, Started going down wrong paths there. Easy to do in big cities, especially with our personality types. Uh, Uh... My dad actually got transferred to Georgia my senior year, which I tell him every day is the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, Ended up doing some maintenance work just at my dad's uh, company. Where at in Georgia? Uh, Athens. Athens. Yeah, Awesome. Uh, So we ended up doing some maintenance work, and there were some guys there that did four years in the Army, and they all were always talking about how they wish they would have stayed in. So it got my wheels turning. Uh, my grand both my grandparents or grandfathers were in the air force, so that's obviously where I was trending towards. And I just did some research one day, saw a pararescue and they were like ninety percent attrition rate and I was like, Well, I can swim so I can do that <laughs> and then two months later I was in basic training.
0: How did you end up at the three or the thirty eighth? Did you choose that or was that just giving it?
1: No, I chose it. Uh, a lot of, from what we'd been told, people who chose Moody typically got Moody, and it was only three hours from my parents, so I was like, I might as well go back to near my family, and uh, and I'll get what I choose versus putting it in someone else's hands.
0: So. How was your time there? You only stayed there for, what,
1: two years? I think almost four. Almost four? Oh, almost four. How yeah. was your time there? It was good. Uh had a, what I thought was a good first deployment to uh, Diyarbakir, Turkey. Uh, we didn't do much, but you learn the ropes of CSAR and like covering down and how AORs work. And I thought it was a good deployment for a new guy for sure.
0: Were you a? Uh, did you get your five level there?
1: Yeah, I got five level. Almost a lot of my seven level too.
0: Awesome. Uh, what drove you up here? What drove you to put in application?
1: So I wanted to do the. Rotation from the second I got to Moody, and that's just working with the Ranger teams. Uh, while I was waiting patiently for a lot of guys or for that opportunity to come, because Moody didn't see it for three years, and then some, they called me and I actually canceled my wedding to go on the deployment. Uh, when they first asked me if I wanted to go, I was like, "Well, I have a wedding." They're like, "Well, never mind," and they hung up. And then. We were actually driving back from Albuquerque, me and my wife, or my fiance at the time. And she was like, what was that? And I was like, I told her, and she was like, well, all right, call him back. Tell him tell you can go. And I was like, all right. So I called him, and I fortunate enough to get that uh, deployment, which gave me a lot more experience from a different, completely different world than CSAR. And, uh, and once, once I did a couple missions with them, I knew I was like, I need to... Stay dick to doing this. This is way better. So I kept it in my own hands again by coming up to the 2-4 to assess.
0: Do you remember when you got the email from me with your uh, reporting instructions?
1: I was actually deployed when I got the reporting instructions, I think. I'm trying to think back on it, but I was lucky enough to be deployed where I was able to eat as much food as I want, work out as long as I want, and no one's really gonna bother me Uh, so the four months leading up i was definitely able to train at my peak uh, by being deployed and at altitude so that helped Uh, and then i only had i think three weeks when i got back from deployment before i came up to selection uh, which in the end when i look back on it going from deployment straight to selection was pretty stressful but it ended up just feeling like a five- or six-month deployment versus a four-month.
0: What was your fear? What was the one fear as you were – did you drive up here? Uh, yeah, I drove. As you drove up, what was that fear that was um, in the back of your mind?
1: I don't know that I had a fear. I mean, I was definitely nervous, and it's always been the unknown for me. Like, not having a scheduled event uh, is what gets me nervous. I had backup plans if this didn't work out, so I didn't really have a fear of not making it, but I definitely didn't want to give a bad name for myself. I just wanted to perform well.
0: What was your why behind coming up here? I mean, I, I heard what you said earlier, but what was in those dark moments during installation, what was driving you?
1: I mean, I for sure was never going to quit, so I mean, that's not an option i don't think i'd ever be able to look my dad in the face and be like yeah i quit uh if we go back a little bit he was actually a huge part of me getting through indoc as well because i'd call him and be like hey i this isn't it i'm done and he's like don't forget you don't have a house to live in anymore so if you quit like you're not coming back here so i just be like well i guess i'm gonna go learn to drown again tomorrow uh but it was kind of the same mindset up here. I was just like, I'm just going to keep going. But I will say the difference between like endoc and Selection now is uh, I was definitely a lot older. And for some reason, I feel like my mind was definitely stronger going through Selection than it was at NDOC. I don't know if it was just age or what. But
0: Yeah, I think life experience has a lot to do with it. You had a fiance. You had a whole lot of different things that you probably didn't have in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Did you, have any, you didn't have any college before you came up? No. I barely made it out of high school. Yeah, you and me too. Uh, describe your experience for selection. So if you're telling the story to somebody that's never been, what was that story?
1: Uh, I'll say right off the bat, the first week, I, my morale was pretty high. I thought things were going pretty good. Uh, and then going into the field event, after the first field event, I was – I felt like I was on top of the world. I finished, and I finished towards the top of the pack, and I was, my morale was great. I was like, I think I'm doing pretty good. Uh, and then that went into all the skill stations, and I think in the back of my head, I felt like skills-wise, I did decently for the most part. There was a couple things there where I was like, yeah, definitely, and that was that was absolutely horrible, but... I think I, the way I got through it was just like I don't know what I don't know. So, I'm like, I don't have any experience doing what they just put me through. So,
0: How about um, what you saw in some of your peers as they were going through? What stood out to you as, man, that guy's got it together, and then, man, that guy probably is not going to get picked up?
1: Well, I can tell you, I mean, we, for the most part, everyone got it, got it wrong. There were some definitely some dudes who were like, nah, that dude's not getting picked up, and he got picked up. And there were definitely some dudes where you're like, wow, that guy's for sure getting picked up, and he didn't end up getting picked up. So for me, I don't. it's hard for me to put something on it, and this is what I tell all my, my buddies back uh, that are asking about coming up here. I tell them the same thing. I'm like, dude, I've been through it. I've helped run two selections, and I still couldn't tell you, like, the exact thing they're looking for but I know some people definitely handled things differently and carried themselves differently and for me I put it to a point of it just seemed like when some guys came up here it seems like in their head which it is they've reached the pinnacle of their career so they have to be perfect at all times and failure is definitely not an option for them. And I think that just weighed more on those guys versus the other side that came in and were like, this is still – I'm just doing my job. And if they want me, they want me. If they don't, they don't. Uh, I wasn't perfect at my unit before. There's no reason that I'm going to be perfect up here. So why stress yourself out about it?
0: Now, comparing all those things to you, why did we pick you up?
1: Maybe it was my drive i don't know eagerness to learn uh i like to think i'm somewhat humble uh i don't know any one of those things but there is definitely a lack of excitement just because i personally didn't think i deserved to get picked up after my performance in the final events or the final hours of selection we'll go into it why what happened so going into Xfil. I was I was pretty happy with where I was throughout the process, and I will like the final pee I took before going out there. It was it was dark brown. Like I was like that's rhabdo. I'm not in a good place right now. I didn't know what was coming, so I didn't really say anything about it. I knew I needed to start hydrating. Uh, so, I mean, I took it upon myself, and then after the first, I think three miles, I heard like full body cramps had already start to set in and uh, I was I went from like being at the front of the pack to the back of the pack and it started to weigh on me it seemed like I wasn't carrying my own weight with the team I was able to keep up the best I could Uh, but yeah I mean it haunted me for I mean I still think about it to this day
0: use that as a teaching moment for those coming up Uh, going back what would you do different
1: so I would say there's a lot more than just physically preparing to come up here. Uh, definitely, I would recommend doing research on nutrition for big movements like that in short, short amount of times, uh, ways to take care of your body, uh, your hydration needs, like small things you can take with you that will help you get through that. Because For me, it was a total like nutrition and not just taking take care of my body. Because in the past, I don't know if it's just I haven't done things that extended to where I could get my body to that point. But uh, I'd never had issues in the past until then, so it was an eye-opener.
0: How much was nutrition and, um, man, I know hydration's a part of the pipeline, but was nutrition a big part of it? Was there anybody guiding you all to, hey, this is what you should be fueling with before a long, hard event?
1: Oh, no. We yeah. didn't have any of that.
0: In the I think the pipeline is correcting that now. But yeah, there was a gap there, right? Mm-hmm. So you guys coming up, um, and, and we saw it. And I I don't think that we forgave it. I just think that uh, guys got to come up here and just realize that the game ain't over till it's over. So yeah. you kept going. Um, this isn't me trying to like build you back up because you did that yourself. But uh, we're looking for the whole person. Concept. We're looking at those characteristics through the second we meet you at the four way to the second we either tell you higher or no higher. And even beyond that, actually, we're going to give you feedback too, right? So yeah. all of that plays. Um, and again, I wouldn't say you were at the top after XFIL, but you were somebody who we saw had potential. And I would argue OTC proved that we were right. Mm-hmm. And I think you're everything beyond OTC so far is proven we were right. Um, let's talk about OTC a little bit. What was that experience like? And uh, you say you wasn't that excited because you. I'm gonna put it in a different term. You tell me if I'm saying this right. I don't know if it was excitement or you just felt. You said this kind of, but you felt like you didn't earn your spot amongst the guys coming up to OTC. Yeah,
1: is that fair? Yeah, it is. And coming back, it'll be the first time you see the the guys you were with at selection. So it's like, I know, like. I know that you guys, they saw it, and uh, it was just like, I'm going to have to relive it all again. Uh, Did that play out? No, not really. I mean, it was in my peer evals on OTC, and it's what I expected it to be.
0: Uh, Your your peer evals from selection that you got up front in OTC? the first week. Let Um, me just tell the audience but what he's talking about is you're going to get peer evaled throughout selection. Uh, You're not going to get to see those peer evals during selection, but if you get picked up, one of the first things you do in OTC is go through peak performance, where we're going to hand that to you so you can grow from that experience. Uh, so with the peer feedback,
1: what was that like? Uh, I mean, it was what it was for me. I kind of knew exactly what was going to be in there. The one thing is, like, maturity. It's been in there since day one. People think that because of the way I talk to them on a team, like team member basis, they just assume that that's how I talk to everyone in the world. So I get hit on that a lot, uh, and then I knew the exfil stuff was going to come up, like not taking care of my body. And a lot of it was constructive versus like just beating me down over it, which sure. was pretty good. It actually was not as bad as I expected it to be. So I expected the guys to be a lot more harsh.
0: So you spent 10 months with the guys um, on OTC. Uh, how was the experience like um, let's let's dissect it into two paths. How was the OTC experience like training wise and the experience wise and then how was it going through with a group of guys that you went through?
1: OTC was definitely everything that I was told it was and expected it to be. Uh, obviously, we all had the horse stories of the green team from a few years ago where it was like going back through indoc again. So everyone was a little nervous about it because they were like, well, we don't really want to get treated badly anymore. But uh, they had all went through selection with that information, and they still went. So uh, I can tell you that that wasn't the case at all. I thought OTC was one of the most professional uh, events. The training events were next level. I mean, it's I got more training missions on OTC than I had collectively throughout my entire career up to that point so I mean I from four years of being a PJ at Moody and then 10 months here I feel like I doubled my experience without even being like deployed or anything.
0: Wow that's a strong statement let me ask you let's dive into the uh, events that you were doing in OTC what was the difference between maybe a CSAR or a PJ type event in OTC
1: or maybe something that you've done at the 38th? So I would say the biggest difference is the repetition. So during these seasonal weeks on OTC, you're doing four or five missions a day. So you that from that first mission you get your lessons learned, and then by that fifth mission, I mean you have a whole another set of lessons learned. Whereas Moody, it might take a year to get five five training missions. So you're in my eyes, you're learning the same thing over and over and over again, versus something new every single mission. And, I mean, they definitely have the repetition stuff on OTC nailed down. I mean,
0: so let me say that in my words and see if I'm saying it right. Uh, the ability to do that many reps in a day allows you to build on what you're learning throughout the day so you can, like, weld that into your brain and into your process. And by the end of the day, you've, you've had five reps at something where you've gotten to get better at whatever you learned on the first rep. By rep five, you've got four more reps at making sure that's better.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, that's pretty much what I'm trying to say. Plus, I mean, you're not always in the hot seat on these training missions, but you get to see the person that is in the hot seat, and you can learn just as much from them making mistakes as you can yourself. At least I can. I can watch someone and learn just as much from them as I can from myself making mistakes. So
0: I'm going to tie this back to selection real quick. When people wonder what we look for, like that's what we look for. We look for the person who, when it's not his turn, he's humble enough to absorb what's going on around him and look at somebody else in the hot seat and like learn from that. Because then you get five reps and be at the hot seat if you can learn from the dude in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Just like a JTAC, if... I'm only concerned about me when I'm not on the mic, I'm not really listening, or I'm just critiquing the heck out of somebody on there, versus just shutting up and listening, listening to the feedback that guy gets, and now I get to incorporate that into my agenda next time I'm on the mic. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm just saying that for the audience and the guys coming up of, that's part of it. We're looking to see who's open. We're looking to see who guys who can learn even when it's
1: not their rep. So I appreciate you bringing that up. All right, how about the guys that you went through with? I mean, that was one of the best teams I've ever been on. Uh, I, I had a great team at the 38th, and the majority of them are up here now. So, I got lucky at the 38th. But that green team was, I mean, it'll be hard to find a team of guys like that ever again. Uh, I always told all everyone, I was like, green team being over and getting pulled early was like bittersweet for me. I was like, well, I want to finish one. But it's also like I kind of want to just stay on green team with these guys. Uh, and the instructors were awesome too. I didn't have a problem with them. So it wasn't – I was not in a hurry to get off green team in the slightest. So,
0: Think about the instructor that you thought was one of the best in your class. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I think that's different for everybody. Like what you see is the best guy. Somebody else might say, "Ah, oh, he's in the middle of my pack. But what was some characteristics that instructor had that just stuck
1: out to you? I think – without putting names on it i think the best one in my eyes was due to the fact that he could look at what we were doing and not necessarily say hey that's wrong because it's not my way and you guys haven't been up here and i feel like that instructor maybe even learned some of this from some of the stuff we were doing uh but he looked at the whole picture and he even corrected a couple of the other instructors and like the thing that stuck with me was like hey That is a way to do it. It's not the only way. So, And he would always be like, what you guys did wasn't wrong, but here's ways that you can speed it up and make it better and fine-tune it. So,
0: Yeah, sounds awesome, actually. Um, Give me one or two things at the end of OTC. You look back and uh, you said, man, I have changed from that experience. I mean,
1: bringing it back to selection, I mean, that – that 12 hours in Xville I think changed me the most out of any event in my life. But OTC in general, I mean, all of OTC. I mean, it I went from like a five-level PJ at Moody, which is like really like a three-level here. And I mean, I feel a lot more confident going out on tour. I mean, they they seriously mold mold you into the operator they want you to be and it's hard to put words around it. Uh but yeah, you will come here as a mediocre. You might be the best at your unit, but you're going to get here and you'll realize quick that like before OTC, you're just mediocre and by the time OTC's done, like you actually feel like a good operator.
0: Describe the most difficult time you had in
1: OTC and how you got through that. It's mm, a good question. I didn't I didn't really have any like super hard times in OTC. I think – I mean, it's probably close to the same for the majority of the guys. Is like when peer evals come around, it's – I mean, it is stressful. I'd say that's probably the most stressed I was, even though I wasn't really that stressed out about it. Uh, Why do you think that was? You know, I don't know. I think in my head I was like, oh, they really look at peer evals here. So, like, what goes on this paper could – um dictate my future of like finishing green team or where i get racked and stacked and it's kind of like all these things that you run in your head that probably aren't even true just like from rumor mill that you hear on team but uh that and i i would say being in the hot seat as a tl was probably that's probably more so, like, where I was most stressed. But that only happened three or four times through green teams.
0: Dive into that real quick. What did that stress feel like? So you're going to be the team leader on this one? Um, here's the
1: intel. Let's go. Get on the helo. And that's pretty much what it ha- how it happens. I think my very first one, so, like, I'd never even been a TL at Moody. So my very first time as a TL, I think it was the middle of a hurricane, we had already been up for probably 24 hours. It was the last mission of the first CSAR week. And they were we got we just got back from a pretty smoke, smoke session scenario. And they were like, you have five minutes to be moving to Target for the next one. And I was like, oh, sweet. I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, and I brought that up to them. And they were like, yeah, we know. We put you in certain situations just to see how you do. And I mean, I just went with my gut for the most part, but the stress, I mean, I don't know what my heart rate was. It was probably ridiculous as I was going out. Even the guys were like, hey man, you're yelling. You're talking really fast. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know.
0: So so two things there uh, that you may not know. Uh, research points to us that when you are the one under stress, you have no clue what's going on with yourself. That's mm-hmm. why, again, feedback's important from people around you, which they gave you, which is awesome, because mm-hmm. then you now become self-aware of the things you weren't, and you can correct that in the moment. So that's awesome. That's just a sign you have a good team, too, who didn't let you sit there and flounder. Yeah. Uh, what else was that experience
1: like? Did you, Were you successful? Uh, no, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, I think they gave me an hour and a half to complete this scenario, and I think we were more around like the three hour, three and a half hour mark. Uh, it was a tough one for sure, and did Mr. Lafayette build it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's a genius, evil genius. But when it's hard, the biggest thing for me was like watching other people work because I'm I like to work. So like sitting there and like telling people to work without actually getting my hands dirty is, is extremely difficult for me to just sit in one spot and just dictate. Uh, so that there's a big learning point for me I mean I like to work so like being in the TL isn't necessarily where I want to be and I know I'll have to eventually but I like to just go out and do my job so
0: besides learning that TL responsibility what other lessons did you learn from that
1: I, I mean I learned a lot about what I mean like I said raising my voice talking fast and it's like hey man just take a breather time's not going faster you still have plenty of time. And I think that was the, something that I realized on OTC2 is like 30 seconds is 30 seconds. And if you get stressed out, 30 seconds feels like 10 seconds, but it's still, still 30 seconds. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but uh, 30 seconds feels a lot longer if you just stay uh, stress-free and mellow throughout the whole thing. How can guys avoid getting burned out? Did you get burned out during OTC? Uh, no, not in the slightest. I didn't think so. I thought OTC was just being back at Moody. Like Everyone was like, oh, you're going to be gone all the time. And I was like, this is the same op tempo as if it wasn't Moody. Yeah, it's uh, interesting,
0: right? Everybody thinks it's going to be so much different up here. Mm-hmm. But from what I'm hearing from most
1: guys, are, man, it's either the same or a little bit better up here. Yeah. I mean, especially now that OTC's over, I mean, I know what I'm doing for the next eight months uh, until the next George starts, and then I'll get it scheduled in, and I'll know what I'm doing for the next 16 months for the most part. I feel like the TDY tempo on Green Team was was nothing more than what it was at Moody. Uh, I mean, I didn't feel like I got very burnt out, but I'm, I'm pretty good about turning it off when I'm not at work, so... Back to OTC real
0: quick. I want to ask a follow up question. Um, some of the guys on OTC, I'm sure, performed better than others. The guys who started having some training setbacks, how did they
1: overcome that? Like, how did you see that progress? So I'll use. Uh or as a prime example, that kid was a sponge and he was seeking feedback more than anyone on OTC. and I think it's due to the fact he knew he was one of the younger guys on the team so he had a steeper learning curve and but skills wise and we told him this all the time we're like hey man like skills you're good to go. they're judging you on a TL right now and you just became a five level. If that. I don't even know if he was a five level. So I was like, don't beat yourself up too much about this. Like, you're not making the same mistakes twice. And I think that's that's what you need to note on. Like, you're getting hit on stuff that's different every single time. So you're obviously getting better than where you were at the beginning. But, uh, I mean, I think he was successful just for the I – mean, he had so much drive to get better. It was, it was pretty motivating, honestly.
0: How do you know you were getting better? Did it take other people to say, "Man, you're getting better"? or did you? Could you tell, man? I'm I
1: was a lot better today than I was yesterday. So I mean, for the most part, I, I could just feel it, especially skills-wise. Like skills, you can see it all day. Like oh, I just did this. Like I would have had no idea how to solve that five months ago. So, and you learn so much from all these guys from other units too, and. It all feeds into that final product of OTC, and I think I mean I think you you'll feel it. I mean I told the guys coming up here I'm like you're gonna feel like a better operator uh, when you're done with OTC.
0: Do you have any guys on your team that were that were kind of anxious or kind of negatively in their heads after they had a rep, and then they'd come off, and it seems like they were beating themselves up a little too much.
1: Uh, yeah, it happens, and I think that's where our team was pretty good about. That's when they would uh, build people back up pretty well. Uh, I think no one really sat on bad reps too much. I think a lot of dudes got wrapped up in the whole OTC image thing, and I think that stressed out people more than anything, wanting to be the best and be successful around a whole bunch of people that are like extremely talented, and I think it stressed some dudes out coming from other units where they were the top dog for however many years they were there, and then they get here and they're not the top. And I think that's a hard pill for some guys to swallow and on some people during OTC. I see it in selection,
0: too. A lot of the top dogs come up and just they're not the top dog in selection and they know it. We're not giving them feedback. We're not going to give them feedback, mm-hmm. but they don't need it. They understand what's going on and – Man, how do you get through that when you are so good where you're coming from and you come here and you're not so good? So mm-hmm. it's a tough environment. Last question. What one or two pieces of advice would you give future GTOs to maximize their experience on OTC?
1: So this is the question uh, uh, I put a lot of thought to before coming in here. Uh, I wanted to give something good, and I've kind of already mentioned it. Um earlier on in the discussion about how yes you are coming to the pinnacle of our career fields but if you just if you go in with the mindset of like hey I'm going to be doing the same job that I was doing before like I'm going to be doing ropes or I'm going to be doing casts or I'm going to be doing CSAR scenarios like it's the same same job just at a different level and I think if you keep Keep that humble mindset going through it. I think you'll be a lot less stressed, for one, during OTC, and I think that uh, you'll be a lot more successful from it. I'd say that's that's my biggest piece of advice.
0: Um, Let me ask an alibi question because I like the answer to that, and I didn't ask you about selection. So what are one or two pieces of advice you would give to those guys coming up here in October as they're prepping? They just got their reporting instructions on Friday, so... They're in that 30-day window.
1: Yeah. Uh, prep time's almost over, so don't wrap your head too much about, like, hey, am I prepared enough or whatnot? I mean, you're prepared as you're going to be. Uh, definitely take this time to fine-tune some skills that you might want to fine-tune, and definitely take the time to go over more, like, nutrition stuff, like when, do we, when to eat, when to drink, how much, like, because you only get a specific amount of food going through selection. So, like, making sure you're eating that at the right times. and, uh, Yeah, I mean, come up here ready to fight. Put it your best effort, and I think you'll be all right. Any uh, closing comments? Uh, no, I appreciate you asking me to come do this. Uh, it means a lot, so.
0: Yeah, uh I hope everybody got as much out of this as I did It's good having a guy just come in here How old are you now? 27, just turned 27 Yeah, 27 years old When I got here I was 26 So roughly the same same age I kind of know where you're at I can't imagine having to do an interview like this My first year (laughs) at the organization Or second year really So appreciate you coming and taking time out of your day Yeah, thank you All right, folks, that's it for episode number eight of the Insight Through Experience podcasts. Another huge shout out to Connor W. for taking time out of his busy day to stop by and chat with us, dropping his experience on the audience, and hopefully some of the guys coming up behind him can use his experience as those stepping stones to find the better version of them as they're coming through these processes. All right. Appreciate y'all for being here. By the way, this is the final episode until after selection. So we're going to go ahead and call these episodes season one. Season two will be underway, hopefully sometime in November timeframe, getting ready for the March selection season. All right, y'all hope you have a good weekend and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Insight Through Experience podcast.